Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 2, Episode 18, Forgive Me, Father. This episode originally aired on February 14th of 1987. So what other intriguing historical events occurred on February the 14th? Well, in 1747, astronomer James Bradley presents his discovery of the wobbling motion of the Earth on its axis to the Royal Society in London. In 1803, the apple parer is patented by Moses Coates. Huh. In 1876, Alexander Graham Bell and Elisha Gray apply separately for a patent for the telephone. The United States Supreme Court eventually rules that Alexander Graham Bell is the rightful inventor of the telephone. In 1944, this was a very barren day in history here, February 14th, so this is a notable event. In 1944, Carl Wick publishes his book, Salmon Trolling for Commercial and Sport Fishing. In 1963, Federico Fellini's film Eight and a Half is released. Uh, in 2018, South African President Jacob Zuma resigns from office. At our most recent event on February 14th of 2019, Egyptian Parliament approves measures to enable current President of Egypt Abdel Fattah el-Sisi to extend his rule until 2034. So, that is our history lesson for today. So what happened in this romantic installment of the Golden Girls? Okay, not too romantic, but we start in the kitchen. Sophia is at the table looking through a recipe box or something like that, or two, two boxes. Rose enters through the laundry room door, and we hear a door back there slam shut. As Rose tells Sophia that she would not believe what happened to her today. She was driving home down Barnesdale Avenue listening to her yodeling tapes. And the driver behind her starts honking his horn something fierce. She lets him pass and what does he do? Pulls alongside her and shouts obscenities that would make Joan Rivers blush. Then speeds off down the street. Huh. Sophia wasn't paying much attention as she says, who cares? As Sophia has her own problems. She can't find her lucky handkerchief. Uh, Rose repeats some things that Sophia has been saying. And Sophia asks if Rose is a minor bird. Sophia is trying to get a kit together for a major bingo game and can't find everything. She can't play bingo without it. It would be like Kareem playing without his goggles. They continue talking a little bit. Blanche and Dorothy enter from the swinging door, and they are talking to each other. Dorothy has been working with a Frank Leahy, another teacher on the youth fair. He did not ask her out, though. They work together all afternoon. They all discuss why this man has not asked Dorothy out yet, even though it doesn't seem like they have seen much of each other, if you ask me. Blanche even acts out the part where Dorothy should ask him to the house for dinner. Dorothy says she'll do it her way, asking Frank out. And Sophia says to use Jane Fonda's body. Okay, now we are at the Youth Fair building. Dorothy is there along with some other people. She is at the coffee pot. She walks towards a person that is on top of a ladder. 
nailing in a sign. And she turns around and goes back to the coffee pot. She lingers there for a minute. She goes back to the ladder and says, Frank! And the man almost falls off the ladder. Dorothy chickens out and says that one side of the sign seemed higher than the other side. She asks him if it is a good time for a coffee break. Yeah, Frank comes down from the ladder and gets Tony to fix the sign. Yeah, Dorothy and Frank are at the coffee pot. They talk a little bit. They continue talking as they sit on a pile of blue cushions. Frank says that he has eaten dinner with many of these students at their houses. Well, Dorothy finally invites him to her house for dinner, and he accepts. It will be on bingo night, so Dorothy doesn't have to introduce him to her mother. Well, that's a good idea. Next scene, we see the girls getting ready for the big dinner. Blanche and Rose are talking a bit, and it seems like dinner will be out on the lanai, though the yellow garden lights make Dorothy look like Eric Severide. Uh, Sophia enters the living room and says she is off to bingo, and she has her lucky handkerchief so she can't lose. Sophia found the handkerchief in her bra, and she was stuffing her bra to turn on the butcher to get a decent piece of veal. Wow, what an ideal. Sophia leaves and Blanche and Rose continue talking about the dinner. Dorothy enters the living room from the bedroom hall and asks how she looks. Rose says she looks beautiful. And Blanche says to go back and change as that outfit might be all right for a gay funeral in New Orleans, but it is much too subtle for this evening. Dorothy goes back to change and Blanche and Rose go to the kitchen to check on dinner. Uh, there's more discussion about dinner from Blanche and Rose. Blanche thinks Dorothy is smitten. And with Blanche's help, Dorothy will be able to fire Cupid's arrow into the tushy of love. Okay. Doorbell rings and Blanche leaves the kitchen to answer it. At the door is Frank. Oh, wait. He's wearing priest clothes. Uh, Blanche is silent for a little while. Uh, then says, good evening, Father. This must be an important cause. Don't you usually make the nuns ask for money? Uh, she does not know it is Frank. He tells her he is Frank, and he is there to see Dorothy. Blanche is very befuddled and confused. She finally invites him in while, while she will get Dorothy. But they both sit on the couch and talk a little. Apparently, Dorothy, Dorothy didn't even know he was a priest. Nope. Rose comes out from the kitchen and introduces herself. She doesn't even realize he is a priest. After babbling for a minute, all her light pops on and, oh my gosh, he is a priest. And she says she is so sorry that Helltown was canceled. Rose sits on a chair. Dorothy enters from the bedroom hallway in a more spectacular outfit and recognizes Frank and hopes that he is wearing a Nehru jacket. He says it is not. Blanche and Rose leave to heat up the lasagna. Dorothy and Frank talk about his being a priest. They sit on opposite sides of the couch and Frank says she looks nice, while Dorothy responds that she looks like the mother of a solid gold dancer. Rose and Blanche re-enter and say they are ready to serve the appetizers so everybody Heads out to the lanai. We don't get to see him eat because the next scene's back in the living room. Dinner is apparently over. They learn that Frank was a teacher. Then he became a priest. Blanche and Dorothy leave to the kitchen to get more coffee. They talk a bit in the kitchen. 
Blanche tells Dorothy that she thinks there is something in Frank's eyes that says he thinks that Dorothy is more than a friend. Blanche relays that once she had a man of the cloth look, look at her in the same way, and they let the feelings go all the way to a best western. Woohoo! Dorothy has a shocked look and tells Blanche, You had an affair with a priest? And Blanche says, I didn't say priest, I said man of the cloth. He was a fabric salesman. Yeah, after that, he covered her lazy boy for free. The two girls go back out to the living room, and Sophia enters through the front door. Sophia is upset at the big bingo game. They call four lousy numbers, and Gloria's a winner. Six more numbers, and somebody else had bingo. Uh, Sophia is going to ask Hugh Downs to investigate. Sophia notices a priest in the house and says they must have sent him over to shut her up. Uh, when Sophia is told that Father Leahy is Dorothy's date, Sophia asks for Dorothy to come with her. Yeah, come here this way, Dorothy. They walk to the bedroom hallway entry, and Sophia tells Dorothy a few things that she may need to know. Like, don't date a priest. It is bad luck. Yeah. Okay, Sophia goes to her bedroom. The father says it is getting late and he needs to go. At the door, he stops and says he wants to have lunch with Dorothy before the youth fair on Saturday. He also says thanks to Dorothy. He is thinking of leaving the church and he exits stage left. In the kitchen, Dorothy's at the table and Blanche enters. Dorothy had a nightmare and couldn't sleep. She relays it to Blanche. Dorothy was a contestant on the dating game and she won. She went to meet the man who picked her, and it was the Pope. Yes, sure. Dorothy gets up to go back to bed, and Rose enters through the laundry room door. Rose was out getting provisions, as she figured they would be up all night talking. But Dorothy doesn't feel like talking, and she says she'll go to bed. But Rose says she got chocolate macadamia nut cheesecake and rum raisin ice cream. Dorothy decides to stay. Who wouldn't? She says the first really wonderful man she has met in a long time, and he turns out to have a more serious involvement. And Dorothy replies, Pam Dauber, to Rose's question of with whom? Of course, it is really the church. Blanche says that it's a real romantic, that he is giving up everything for the woman he loves, just like the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Rose then says, or like Charlie and Rose Nyland. Rose tells the story. Yes, when she and Charlie started dating, she got the feeling that his folks didn't like her. That is when Rose decided to get to the bottom of things. That is when she found out about the ancient feud between the Nylands, and uh, excuse me on this one, and the Gorkolaknabijans, or something like that. That was her mother's maiden name. Originally, it was Gorkolak Nebigan Hofstadler Fell. Whew. But they shortened it because most of Rose's mother's family name or family was in show business. When Charlie told his family they were going to get married, his family forbade it. They said they would disown him if he married a Gorkolnagabegan Gihola Manakuka. He would lose his share of the family tile grout fortune. And he didn't care. He told them that he loved Rose more than grout. 
And Sophia enters and complains about Dorothy dating the priest, Father Happy Pants. Sophia leaves, and the scene ends. And it, to me, it appeared like they did not have any of the cheesecake. Ah, at the church, we see Sophia. She's going into a confessional booth. She spills the beans. She thinks Frank is the confessional father over there, but he isn't. Now, while she is confessing to this other priest, Frank and another father walk by, and Frank says he can serve the church much better as a teaching priest at St. Helens instead of a parish priest here at this church. Sophia continues and tells the confessional priest to get cable TV for his lust. Yeah, she still thinks she's talking to Frank. Dorothy shows up and wants to talk to Frank. She apparently drove 18 miles to get there, and this is supposedly between her classes. Yes, Dorothy thinks he is leaving the church for her. They talk. Uh, Dorothy does most of the talking. At the end, Frank laughs because of the misunderstanding and clarifies everything. They begin hugging, and Sophia comes out of the confessional and says, it's like you didn't hear a word I said. Yes, big laughs, and that is how this episode ends. Well, uh, only a few references uh, are made throughout this episode. Firstly, to Joan Rivers, uh, or Joan Alexandra Malinsky, uh, who was an American comedian, actress, writer, producer, and television host, noted for her often controversial comedic persona, heavily self-deprecating or sharply acerbic, especially towards celebrities and politicians. Uh, a mina bird <clears throat> is a bird of the starling family, uh, which are native to southern Asia, especially India and Bangladesh. Uh, however, several species, of course, have been introduced to areas such as North America, Australia, South Africa, Fiji, and New Zealand, especially the common mina, which is often regarded as an invasive species. Uh, minas are not a natural group of birds. Instead, the term mina is used for any starling in the Indian subcontinent, uh, regardless of their relationship. Uh, some minas are also considered talking birds for their ability to reproduce sounds, including human speech, when in captivity. Uh, Kareem, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is a retired basketball player. Uh, Jane Fonda is a actress, writer, producer, political activist, fitness guru, and fashion model. Uh, the recipient of various accolades including two Oscars, two BAFTAs, four Golden Globes, a Primetime Emmy, an AFI Life Achievement Award, and an honorary Golden Lion. Okay, Golden Lion. Yeah. Uh, Eric Severide, uh, an American author and CBS news journalist, uh, was one of a group of elite war correspondents uh, who were hired by CBS uh, during World War II. Uh, Cupid, of course, uh, is the god of desire, erotic love, attraction, and affection in uh, Roman mythology. Uh, he is, uh, you know, sort of supposed to be the 
uh, Roman counterpart to Eros, but Eros is a very different length. Uh, now, Cupid himself uh, is pretty much just shoots people with uh, arrows to make them fall in love with each other. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so that's the Roman version of Cupid. Now, um, priests being celibate, which is pretty much the main crux of this episode. Um, so, uh, is, as far as I could find, not really a thing outside of, uh, cults or the Catholic Church, which could also be a cult, depending on your viewpoint, I guess. Uh, but that's pretty much the only place you can find it. So within the Catholic Church, uh, is only, uh, carried out with unmarried men when they are ordained, uh, into priesthood. Now, um, there, uh, not all branches of the Catholic Church follow this. Typically, it's usually only followed by the Latin Church, uh, Eastern Catholic Churches, and the Ethiopian Catholic Church. Uh, and celibacy retains its original meaning of unmarried, though even the married may observe abstinence from sexual intercourse. The obligation to be celibate is seen as a consequence of the obligation to observe perfect and perpetual continence for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Um, now, do, does this make any sense to me? No, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, I guess, partially the point. Uh, um, so, they make reference to Helltown. Now, this could refer to two things. Either there's a television series that aired for about um, 10 episodes in 1985. Uh, so they could be referring to that. Or there is a movie uh, from 1937 uh, that when originally released was entitled Born to the West. But later, when it was reissued on home video, was retitled Helltown. Uh, so I'm not sure. It should be the TV show since she says she was sorry it was canceled. Ah, okay. So, um, so the TV show, so Helltown, uh, stars a Catholic priest who. Um, it's essentially the plot of Sister Act. Uh, Okay. <laughs> kind of. wow. um, it's a Catholic priest, uh, well, slightly different, um, who uh, r runs a church in a very crime-ridden neighborhood on the east side of L.A., uh, who was a former, uh, who's an ex-con, uh, who also plays billiards, uh, apparently, and uh, leads this church uh, and tries to lead the gang members and drug dealers into the, quote, light of Christ. Um, so it's semi-Sister Act-ish. Probably without the fun musical numbers, though. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> a Nehru jacket uh, is a hip-length tailored coat uh, with a mandarin collar with its front modeled on the Indian Akan or Sherwani, uh, which was a garment worn by Jawaharlal Nehru, the Prime Minister of India from 1947 to 64. So that is a Nehru jacket. 
Uh, Solid Gold Dancers uh, are, of course, a team of dancers seen on the television show Solid Gold, uh, which was essentially like um, a music video program, but with live performances, pretty much. That's, that's all it was. Um, Lazy Boy is a furniture manufacturer. Uh, Hugh Downs, a retired American broadcaster, TV host, news anchor, TV producer, author, game show host, and musical composer, uh, who is perhaps best known for his role as co-host of the Today Show, the host of the game show Concentration Game, or as the lead anchor of 2020. Uh, he also served as the sidekick uh, for Jack Parr on the Tonight Show on PB uh, for the Tonight Show, apparently, uh, or the host of the PBS talk show. Over easy. Uh, so that's Hugh Downs. Uh, the Dating Game is a television show that first aired on uh, December 20th of 1965. Uh, it was dropped uh, from production in 73 but ran in syndication for another year uh, as the new Dating Game. It has been revived three additional times afterwards uh, in 78. 86 and 1996 uh, and so that is the dating game uh, well so the premise of this uh, was uh, a merit no that that's a newlywed game that's the, that's that's the fun one uh, the dating game essentially is speed dating but on television uh, so that's pretty much it you have a group of uh, four people, one person, and then three uh, date candidates. Uh, and they, the leader asks the other three questions about themselves or whatnot, and they decide who they want to go out on a date with. So it's a very less interesting and a lot less fun version of The Bachelor, basically. So that's the dating game. Of course, in retrospect, maybe most notable uh, for the appearance of serial killer Rodney Alaka's um, appearance on the show, uh, as well as, uh, uh, yeah, that's the only one. Apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on the show at some point um, as well, so, I don't know, that's on the Wikipedia page. According to the Wikipedia page... Notable contestants who were on the show uh, yeah, prior to fame, yes. uh, Farrah Fawcett, Suzanne Summers, Yvonne Craig, Lindsay Wagner, Leif Garrett, Tom Selleck, Lee Major. Half these people aren't notable to me, but nonetheless. Um, the Carpenters. Both of them were on it, or well, what? Brother and sister, so sure. Okay. I, I don't know how that worked. Um... Jackson Bostwick, but they may not have been on the same episode. Or is that, or well, so are the Carpenters like the White Stripes, where they pretended to be brother and sister, but they were actually a married couple? That was what the White Stripes did. <laughs> That's what Jack and Meg White did. They were actually married, but they pretended they were siblings. For some reason, I really don't remember that why, up. but that's that, that was what the White Stripes did. Okay. Um, Jackson Bostwick, Michael Richards, Joanna Cameron, Andy Kaufman, Steve Martin, Burt Reynolds, John Ritter, 
Phil Hartman, Jennifer Granholm, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Alex Kozinski. Uh, and then, of course, serial killer Rodney Alcala's uh, episodes were shown during his spree after he had been convicted of assault in California. I don't know that Carpenter's question didn't really relate to this, but... Okay, they were brother and sister. <clears throat> okay, but... Okay. All right. Um, the Pope in 1987. Sophia makes reference to that she's going to go see the Pope or something. I forget. Um, so the Pope at that time was uh, John Paul II. Um, born Carol Joseph Wojtyla. Uh, was the head of the Catholic Church and sovereign of the Vatican City from 1978 to 2005. Uh, so he uh, was the Pope at the time. Uh, Pam Dauber uh, is an actress best known for her role as Mindy on Mork and Mindy as well as her role as Samantha on the TV show My Sister Sam. Uh, and I don't think she's really done anything of note since. Um, let me see. Well, uh, I guess her one thing of note since um, would be uh, she was in... Uh, one episode of the Twilight Zone, the 80s uh, revival of it. Although that was before My Sister Sam. So she's basically done nothing uh, other than those two things, pretty much. Who is she married to, though? No idea. Oh, okay. It doesn't say. Oh, I don't know. Um, personal life. Uh, actor Mark Harmon. Yes, yeah, she's married to Mark Harmon of NCIS. Oh, that who that is? He's the main dude on NCIS, yes. Oh. That's her main claim to fame in the last oh, okay. 20 years or something. Okay, so she's married to the old guy on NCIS. So for all of you over 50 listeners, uh, you probably already knew that. So anyway, uh, the Duke of Windsor uh, <laughs> is the title in the UK. Uh, which was created on March 8th of 1937 uh, as a special construct so that former King Edward VIII uh, could essentially have some royal title after he abdicated the throne. Uh, so basically the Duke of Windsor, much like every uh, member of the United Kingdom royalty, uh, does nothing, you know. Um, but it takes its name from the town where Windsor Castle uh, is situated, of course, Windsor Castle is where English monarchs have resided since Henry I after the Norman Conquest. Uh, and Windsor has been the house name of the royal family since 1917. Uh, but the post uh, was uh, eliminated in May of 1972 uh, after... Uh, after Edward VIII died, uh, it has not been, you know, no one else has been named the Duke of Windsor. Uh, so it was only held by one person ever. So, you know, very okay. useful, very helpful position. Uh. Um, I have two fashion notes. 
Uh, Sophia's wearing that delightful rainbow outfit once again to open the episode. And then Dorothy, uh, when she goes to ask Frank out, has a very gaudy outfit on. Uh, her Mostly just her top is pink down the middle, has orange sleeves with turquoise shoulder pads. It is a very, very strange look. I thought it was just very strange to, to figure out like, what's this color scheme here? Pink, orange, and turquoise. What, what is going on here? I could not figure that one out. Uh, three side characters. Uh, Frank is played by John McMartin. Uh, most known for his work on projects such as Blowout, uh, All the President's Men, no Reservations, and The Dish. Don't know. Uh, he was also on Law & Order for uh, five episodes in four different roles. Uh, his last credit, actually, someone watching might know, might have recognized him from this. Uh, he appears in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for one episode as Grant. Okay. Uh, do the student who's asked to fix the sign is played by Charles Erickson. This is his part. only acting credit. Yeah, it's such a big mm -hmm. part. And this is his only acting credit, so he never did anything other than this. He said the heck with it. Yep. Uh, and the head priest is played by Barney McGeary, uh, most known for his work in Hot to Trot, Matlock, CBS Summer Playhouse, and his appearance here. Uh, he only had six acting credits in his career. This was actually his first acting role. It's his appearance in this episode of The Golden Girls. Uh, so uh, he was also in two television movies, uh, Fatal Judgment and Kiss of a Killer. Uh, so that is the head priest. One new sexual partner established, uh, a fabric salesman for Blanche. So our tally now stands Blanche 29, Dorothy 6, Rose 5, Sophia 1. Hmm. Well, my few notes on this episode. I got a few. This episode to me kind of mirrors an earlier episode where Rose was dating a very short person. Uh, and it seems to... You know, I mean, it's how little, so? It's obviously a little bit different, but this one, none of the three knew he was a priest. Whereas in that other one, only Dorothy and Blanche did not know he was a short person. You mean none of the four? None of the four. Yeah, counting Sophia. Sorry. Uh, none of them knew he was. I a think priest. she would like to be included. Yes, and in the other one, three of them didn't know he was a short person. And then they just, um, you know, just kind of mirrored it that way. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, so then it mirrors the episode with uh, Dorothy's lesbian friend too. Then in that way, then. Uh, well, they didn't know she was a lesbian until, well, some way through the uh -huh. episode there. Yeah. Okay, then. So kind of the same, but okay. Uh, and 
Uh, let's see. Rose said she was going down Barnesdale Avenue, and a guy honked and all that stuff. And I looked at a map of Miami, and, <laughs> okay. and uh, 30 years later, there is no Barnesdale Avenue in Miami. Mm-hmm. So if they got rid of it or whatever. And this youth fair thing, apparently it's for the church. Well, no, see, I think it's for the school because Dorothy's uh, in it. Yeah. As a teacher, this getting ready for this fair seems to be taking, I mean, she's worked there like three Saturdays to get ready for this fair. That to me just seems like that's way too long to be getting ready for a fair. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. If that's the only day they can work on it, it would make sense. But short of that, it's pretty wild, yeah. Well, okay, you rent out this building. It's like, yeah, we're going to have a fair on one Saturday. And yeah, let's rent it for the whole month. Cause, and, well, oh so it, this is, it's a separate building? Like it's not just in like the school gymnasium or something? It didn't seem like it to me. Hmm. When I, you know, when you see the outside of the building, it did not look like it was the school. Huh. But it's hard to tell. But even at that, it's, how long does it take ready to get to get ready for it. Well, yeah, that would be really absurd because then, yeah, they like have to rent the building for like a month. A whole month? And they can only work on Saturday. Oh, see that? No. No, that would be ridiculous. I so I would like... think it would have had to have been somewhere <laughs> in the school that they can only work on it on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Right, because, okay. you know. But even then, if it's, you know, you're hanging up decorations, if it's like in the school gym, those are going to get destroyed. Yeah. I guess gym, well, it's Miami, so I guess gym class might be outside that those weeks then, I guess, probably, since it's Miami, as long as it's not raining, you'd be cool. Maybe so. outside, but, oh, anyway, I just thought that was taking way too long to get it ready. Anyway, the my kitchen observation, they had the pink checkered tablecloth in this episode. Nothing else was different. Episode counts, I counted a one St. Olaf story. The Rose and Charlie's early relationship there, which in itself was kind of silly, but uh, cheesecake's eaten. I did put one down, even though it didn't look like they ate any of it. They were supposed to. And one game, which was Sophia went to play bingo, a big bingo match. Total counts for the series so far. We got four. Weddings or planned weddings, four physical abuses of Rose, eight St. Olaf stories, four picture it stories, seven cheesecakes eaten, four Sicily Italian stories, 19 Sicily Italian references. When the girls were mad at each other and moving out nine times, 15 sports, 17 games, and four Stanley Zabornak appearances. This episode had some decent laughs, but overall, it was lacking that killer laugh that just, you know, really reminds you of this episode. It was just missing that. So 72 out of 100. Well, they were trying to get that. I think that's what the Sophia bit at the end there, that's what they were trying to get with, with well, that bit, I think. But 
if it worked is obviously a different thing, but I think they were trying to get it then. Yes, well, it didn't work. Okay, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And if you've not been a huge fan of the Golden Girls content, well, tomorrow we will be back with our Game of Thrones Season 8 preview series. We'll be picking back up tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that one. Uh, until the next episode, good Bye.